You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns will take you through day five of training camp, offense, defense, listener questions, NFL goodies, all the good stuff. Your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns is brought to you by rockauto.com. Com, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Amazing selection, rockauto.com. Jeff Lloyd, your host at Jeff underscore, uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd at Lockdown Browns. Obviously, guys, all the Twitter accounts sitting down today with Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Um, I guess we'll start Mac Wilson News seeking a second opinion. Obviously, if you're seeking a second opinion, you're hoping for an easier alternative. To probably what a season-ending surgery. Uh, Dr. James Andrews, closely affiliated with the Alabama program, where Mac Wilson obviously attended. Um, Pete, it's not really a big deal, and you might as well get all your ducks in a row because with swelling, and Mac put the picture up of his knee right now, it's not like you're doing surgery today anyway, so you might as well just you know get the second opinion. But for all intents and purposes, it, it looks like we've seen the last of Mac Wilson for 2020. Uh, certainly possible. Um you know, it could be the opposite where, you know, the the first opinion is, you know, not doing surgery and, and trying to get you out faster and you want somebody, you you know, outside of the team that you trust. Uh, but I, I'm more inclined to go with the, the uh, former, which is uh, he's probably hoping to get better news from Dr. James Andrews. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's. It's probably going to be significant. Uh, hopefully it's nothing that's, you know, has a you know, troubling recovery or risky recovery and he can just sort of be back and and get uh, get to where he hoped he was he was going to be this year. Um, you know, tough, tough loss. Obviously, you know, you, uh, young man putting the work in, uh, you know, some people with high hopes. I'm sure, you know, Mac, obviously high hopes for himself. Um, so essentially not, you know, getting to the plate essentially without the bat in his hand and, you know, not going to get the opportunity here creates for, you know, a much, much longer road for success. <clears throat> but, you know, Mac Wilson seems a pretty upbeat guy, not afraid to put in the work. So we'll see how it details there. Um, again, the offense, it's, you know, it's not there yet. And obviously without OTAs and we talked about, you know, the disadvantage that any new regime in the NFL this year was going to, you know, have going into this, um, Seems with Jarvis Landry and obviously Carl Joseph going day on, day off. So no Jarvis Landry yesterday. Odell basically with a you know a half day really didn't participate, you know, in you know much team, if at all. Um Harrison Bryant again, Pete standing out. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones getting opportunity, had a really, really nice reception going low in the back corner of the end zone. With you know, the way you can kind of you know hold back Odell and Jarvis, you know, for the good of them long term. But you've also got to get looks at other guys. Obviously, Jarvis and Odell, I mean, we're talking they're going to command minimum 200 targets minimum this year. So, it's you know, you're going to have to find out what other guys can do. Bryant just seems to be catching everything thrown to him. The blocking is still a work in progress. Had a one-on-one in, you know, blitz protection where, you know, he did not <laughs> do very well in that, which we knew was going to be part of the issue. But starting to get to see these rookies, and we weren't sure how it was going to work with these guys because they were coming in at a real, real disadvantage, you know, first time into the building, um, first time actually trying to do anything system-related and with all that of the pressure of being, you know, rookies within the NFL. 
But Bryant catching everything is thrown to him, which is going to make for an interesting conundrum. And starting to get to see Donovan Peoples-Jones and his work ethic and as far as you know, maybe what he could be as a reserve receiver in this season. Uh, so, yeah, here's some Bryant. He, he uses his size and he uses his body well to box people out. And he, he's got good hands. Um, those are all advantages. You know, they did a lot of red zone stuff yesterday. And, and you know, your natural inclination, especially if you're breaking Rayfield, is find the big guy. Uh, but uh, they, they did a nice job. He, he was effective in that area. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, for the criticisms he had coming out, how raw he is and, and, and things of that nature, he could catch. He's a really, really talented hands receiver uh, that, that can snag the ball out of the air, and he's never had an issue with that. It's always been about the nuance and, and the little things. So if, if that's evidence that he's getting – you know, he's figuring that out as he's getting coached and, and, you know, he's been mentored by both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, um, then that's hopefully going to benefit. He he looks like he belongs for sure in terms of his body. Uh, that's not really a question. Uh, the, the flip side is is when you don't have Landry out there and you don't have Beckham out there, you, you can have what is perceived to be some inconsistency from Mayfield, and a lot of it is just – He's throwing to completely different guys, uh, some of which aren't proven, some of which he just hasn't repped with, and you can lose a little bit of that chemistry, and it can look more awkward than uh, than maybe you'd like it to, to be. But uh, you know, it, it's if you're looking at this, trying to take the positive away, you you love the fact that some of these guys are getting these younger guys are getting reps, and they're they're making the most of it. You don't like that. You know Landry and Beckham and Carl Joseph are missing time, but if that is the best way to sort of safeguard their health and get them prepared to be ready for Week One, then you're you're going to do that. You're you're trying to make them prepared, but you're not trying to run them into the ground for the sake of throwing them into the ground. I think it's safe to say we know what Jarvis Landry is going to do for this team. Odell Beckham, there's a little bit more of a question mark just because he had a pretty, you know crummy season uh, with everything he was dealing with. You, you like to see that he he's thriving, but like some of these other guys, I mean, who's your number three receiver? We don't know. We, we You know, it, it may be Kareem Hunt, uh, but if, if they want to find role players, those type of things, this is, these are ways to do it. Um, yeah. And Kareem, obviously looking just smoother and smoother. And obviously, you know, he's getting a bulk of the work, you know, while Nick Chubb is sitting and watching, you're seeing Kareem really adept to the wide zone. Um, and it, you know, just finding the cutback lane and, you know, as you're trying to get these guys, you know, moving laterally, you know, once you get to you know a cutback lane, then you're getting the, you know, you're getting your running back basically in an opportunity where, you know, a lot of guys are going to try and arm tackle, obviously Kareem with his physique, Nick with his, it bodes well for them. Both of those guys have looked well. Uh, kickers brought in, um, four kickers brought in for a tryout yesterday. I don't know if it's so much uh, you know a testament to Austin Seibert as much as it is these guys can't kick every day. Um, as much as players get camp legs, um, there's a reason you always bring an extra leg or two to training camp. You know because you've got to simulate you know special teams play, and you can't go you know blowing out the legs of your guys who are going to do it for you on game day. So we'll see how that works out. They do currently have an open roster spot, so bringing in somebody maybe to give these guys a little bit of you know, fresher time. Also, oh, with uh, uh, Gillian missing practice yesterday, um, so maybe just an opportunity to get a leg in here for a couple of practices, 
you know, just an opportunity to kind of rest these guys. Um, we'll get to the defensive side of the ball here. We got a bunch of listener questions that we'll get to in the third segment. Locked on Browns, your Thursday edition with Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith. RockAuto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Pete, a guy we were championing for, championing, championing for since he was brought in late in the season, through the offseason, had a ridiculous rep yesterday against Jack Conklin. And then another one later, you know, for what would probably have been two would-be sacks, um, Porter Gustin. And, you know, there was, you know, everybody clinging to the Chad Thomas hope. And, you know, maybe they were going to look outside. And obviously they had interest in Vinnie Curry. But Porter Gustin, you know, everything you look for and what we like to gamble on as far as, you know, athletics he produced in college, uh, Porter Gustin is a player, and there were times he played regular line, traditional linebacker. There were times he played pass rusher at USC. You know, with the opportunity, with the coaching that's brought in here, you're starting to see it come together. But the rep against Porter Gustin, I mean, I'm sorry, against Jack Conklin, that's one that you know you open your eyes and you say, "Wow, it, it maybe it's really coming around." Well, look, I mean, Porter Gustin was really good at USC. He was an outstanding uh, pass, per, uh, pass rusher, he, he just kept getting hurt. Uh, and and that's what killed him on multiple occasions. If he can stay healthy, he's good. I think he's, based on talent, based on, on what he can show, he's the fourth best edge rusher they have. So the people are like, well, we need to bring in Clay Matthews. It, it, the people who want him as a pass rusher, to me, Porter Gustin is a young, that type of player. He's He's bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, he's he's you know this. If you're not if you're not getting a Vinnie Curry thing type player, I think your your thought process has to be make one. And and Porter Gustin has the tools to make one. He's also a little bit of a different dynamic. He's the quote unquote smallest pass rusher in the group, and he's not small. And <laughs> I, I think I think I think he can bring a different dynamic. And you know, look, I I I, I crushed Ch- Chad Thomas consistently because he deserves it he's terrible uh and poor gustin showed it, you know it's one rep you try not to try not to you know overdo it but on one rep he showed me more than i've seen in three years of chad thomas he uses hands which chad thomas has always struggled with and he's very quick and and you know if you're needing to take somebody off the field I, you know maybe porter gustin isn't going to give you a great run defense uh that that's something he has to prove but he can get after the quarterback and and if this Brown's team does what it's supposed to. The offense will be the engine, and you know, hopefully, they'll have more opportunities to get after the quarterback. And if Porter Gustin makes more sense to me than if Chad Thomas does, who's allegedly a good run defender, despite the fact he's never a good run defender. So <laughs> maybe they bring in somebody who 
can sort of offer more. But to me, unless, you know, it's a waiver wire or, you know, somebody, whatever, I think Gustin's the guy you want to sort of keep working with and see if he can keep shining. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. You didn't lose anything. He's not a nothing contract. I, I don't think there's a, re, a, a rush of potential uh, people trying to uh, trade for or sign a Chad Thomas if he if he gets out of here. But maybe I'm wrong, uh, and they they need to find somebody else. That's the only issue I have with Porter Gustin is can he stay healthy? If he can. He is the fourth best edge on this team. That's sort of where it's at. He, he, you know, Jack Conklin is a very, very good tackle, and he got this one rep. Jack Conklin didn't uh, didn't get him there. It turned the corner really well. Would have been a sack. Uh, actually, turned too far to make sure he didn't go in, get anywhere near the quarterback. They're just different dynamics. I mean, the Browns are a big edge team right now. Miles Garrett is, you know, about 280 pounds. Adrian Claiborne, about 280 pounds. Olivier Vernon, 265. And I think Porter Gustin's probably 260. Um, that's a big group of ends. You don't, uh, Chad Thomas to me has always been more suited to play in the inside and, and he's never there. So I don't think they think he can do it. And I don't think he can play on the edge. He's got the body of an edge. He's got the game of a guy to play the interior. He's it's just not a fit here. And it's, you know, now we're talking, you know, second defensive system that Chad Thomas has been a part of. He's, he's just not a fit here. Uh, you know, maybe there is a home for him somewhere. Um, but, you know, this is a nice problem to have. You've started to get to the point where if, you know, we got to keep the guy just because maybe he's something. No, it, you know, there's other guys who are better if they are better suited to the system. And Gustin, look, yes, it was one rep, but it was done perfectly. And even for maybe Jack Conklin, that may have been a, wow, okay, well, that kid's picking some things up here. I got to be, you know, I got to take this rep a little bit more serious. You know, I wasn't ready for that, you know, and now things, you know, maybe next time it happens, you know, Porter gets stoned. You never know. It may certainly happy happen. Pete, it almost seems regardless of what cornerbacks are out there, and we keep continue to go into this, it's a deep unit, but these guys are the coverage, and I, I'm sure Joe Woods has just got to be absolutely giddy about it. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Denzel Ward, you know, whether it's Greedy, whether it's Kevin Johnson, going down to guys like A.J. Green, Terrence Mitchell. These guys are in receivers' faces. Even balls that the wide receivers are catching, except for Odell Beckham, every one of them is like pretty seriously contested. And it almost got to a point yesterday – in that, you know, the red zone team drill where it was kind of like uh, maybe just get the defense the hell off the field, let the offense run on air for a play or two to get a little confidence because these these corners and safeties too, Anderson Dale with a big interception yesterday, these guys in coverage, man, they are tight, they are sticky, they are with it. Well, beyond the fact that they've got a, a lot of them uh, and, and you, you know, you never know how many reps you're going to get, um, you don't they they aren't all going to make the team. So there's a little bit of a sense that, you know, if I don't make a play, I, I may not be here very long. So there's an added little incentive to be, you know, physical. But you're hearing all kinds of names. Uh, obviously, uh, Denzel Ward is very good. Uh, you, you know, you're hearing a lot about uh, the new new guy. Uh, they keep calling him Cover. Cover Johnson, uh, cover. which I cannot stand. Just call him Kevin uh, for guts. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Johnson. But like even like Donovan Alumba is making plays. You're you're hearing about guys ridiculous, like, ridiculous build to him. Ridiculous. Yeah. He's I mean, he he literally looks like a freaking linebacker. But like 
Terrence Mitchell, I, it's very hard for me not to just love Terrence Mitchell because this guy has been in the league for however many years now. Uh, and he makes a play and it's like the first play he's ever made. He's, uh, you know, he's just energy excited, uh, always getting up and, and, and letting you know. Uh, so there's just MJ Stewart physical. I mean, there's just a lot going on. You're, you're seeing more and more Grant Delpit. Uh, he made, you know, big play in the backfield. Uh, th there's just a lot to sort of like with how they do it. Obviously, you know, this is somewhat, uh, a, a product of Joe Woods. His whole career uh, is Ben DBs. This is, you know, this is his baby. So, you know, this is expected to be a, you know, obviously they've got young guys and they got to figure it out, but this is supposed to be a strength and this is sort of, you know, his reputation. So um, they are, hopefully they're going to end up making these guys, you know, these receivers a lot better just because of the way they compete. And hopefully the payoff is that, when the Browns get, uh, you know, to the Ravens and and, the, and some of these other teams, the Bengals, the Redskins, or whatever, the former formerly Redskins, that, uh, you know, the passing offense is going to ho hopefully feel like, oh, this is a little bit easier than practice because it's so competitive and it's so difficult. And these receivers aren't going to be getting uh, the ball taken out as much and, and all those things. So I really like the competition from that standpoint. Again, those red zone periods were were brutal in terms of just how difficult it was to fit some of these passes in, uh, uh, particularly against the ones. And and there's a there's a you know there's a little bit of a, a little pride going on in that secondary with with how they defend and how excited they get and you know that type of stuff, which is always good. And it, the other thing is, it seems like everybody's for everybody. I mean, your one D back makes a play, you got all of a sudden there's 27 D backs on the field. Um, everybody's kind of looking out for everybody in that respect, which is really cool, really fun to see. And obviously the guys are just absolutely having a blast to this point. And MJ Stewart, you look at him, he carries, I mean, he listed less than six feet tall, you know, listed as a weight of less than 200 pounds, but you know, it, it's compact. It's a solid build. You brought up maybe where, you know, with this heavy nickel dime and where nickel may not always, you know, mean, you know, third cornerback or nickel may not always mean, you know, third, uh, you know, our, our dime may not mean, you know, four cornerbacks. Um, he's a guy maybe in that role and maybe similar a little bit to, you know, what Sand uh, Andrew Sandejo can bring as far as, you know, his body, his size. So it, it's interesting to see to this point, and it's really coming along, and it's kind of setting the tone for these practices. And, you know, this defense has been woofing a lot, and rightfully so. I mean, they are, they are just on right now. You want to see the offense come around, and it certainly will, but this defense right now is, you know, absolutely just in spades. Uh, playing, you know, playing hard, playing physical, and the competition and coverage as far as being there on the man, on the ball. It's been fantastic to watch this far, uh, thus far. And obviously, like you said, Joe Woods, and with the thoughts of going to nickel and dime, it's going to it's gonna be slim, slim trimmings to try and get this down to where you want to get it to because you're going to probably have to move on with some guys who do have a future in this league. And we're going to get here two listener questions. We've got your offense, your defense side of the ball from day five of training camp in Berea. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the questions. We'll start funneling through those here in just one second. Rolling into another 2020, new, brand new 2020 NFL season, Cleveland Browns-wise. Guys, time to get your apparel game up. If you're looking to do that, I recommend Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Brian and his family do a fantastic job with their product. The store in Vermilion, or check them out, ZaboApparel.com on Twitter, 
on Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Again, S-Z-A-B-O, Zabo Apparel. Go ahead and check them out. Listener questions coming here. And this one actually is probably like the best one here to physically start off with. So, you know, we just finished up with the, you know, the cornerback talk. And I just want to make sure I get it right from Casey Kinnaman. After yesterday's performance and where we are with the defensive backs, Pete, you know, like who's staying? I mean, right off the bat, you can go five, six deep at cornerback. But then you think about names like Tavier Thomas, who's a great, such a great special team player. Haven't seen much of him at cornerback. The safety position, it's it's going to be a heavy, heavy decision as far as what you're going to be able to keep here because everybody looks pretty goddamn good. Well, it comes down to numbers. How many are you going to keep? I think they're going to keep fewer linebackers than typical, so they may keep, you know, five safeties as opposed to four. They may keep keep five, potentially six corners. Um, Safety-wise, I think you're going to keep uh, Joseph, Sandejo, Delpit, Redwine. It's a question if you're going to keep one more and and what you call MJ Stewart. Is he a corner? I mean, I think he's more of a safety, but the corner-wise, Ward. Greedy, Johnson, uh, and then it really becomes a question from there. Based on what I've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, the Browns would love to be able to get out of Terrence Mitchell's contract because the other guys are so much better. But at the same time, he's doing a really nice job. They've got Alumba doing some stuff. They've got AJ Green. They, you know, they've got a lot of these guys. And then you've got a, a guy like Tavier Thomas, not a traditional corner. But he's a really good special teams. Do they do they hold a spot for that type of player? That that's what we're trying to find out. But I, I think the safeties we know the four. If they keep a fifth, that becomes the question. And if with corner, I think we've got we know which three are going to be here, and it's a question of what happens from four to potentially six. Well, Terrence Mitchell's probably you know uh, certainly you know your lo- your longest tenured guy in the league. Um, probably your most intelligent player. I mean, you know, does not have the athleticism that these younger guys have, but he's just, he reads everything so well. The long arms obviously come into play with him. And, you know, like you said, the exuberance is there. And, you know, it comes down to, a, you know, how do you handle a quality guy like Terrence Mitchell and say, look, yeah, you're getting paid, but, you know, I don't know how much we're going to get to use you due to these other guys we have here just a tough situation and it, it kind of sucks because you know you love Terrence Mitchell and anytime Terrence Mitchell has been called upon he's taken his you know seat at the t- seat, you know seat at the table so to speak and given everything you know that you have asked for him to do it's, it's going to make sure some re- again some really really tough decisions going forward from Mark Schofield hello Mark is Baker Mayfield going to reward my off-season confidence in him Pete None of for us it hasn't really wavered, but go ahead. I think it'll be fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I get, get questions occasionally that you know, why isn't he as accurate or whatever? I think a lot of that's just typical practice stuff. And then again, just throwing to a bunch of different uh, receivers that you know, aren't the front line guys. When he's throwing to Hooper, when he's throwing to Beckham, when he's throwing to Landry. It looks great. Some of these other guys, it's not quite as consistent. The timing's not as obvious. Uh, but no, I, I'm more than confident that he's going to be perfectly fine. This is uh, without preseason, it can be a little bit difficult to tell. But this is sort of typical of what practices look like. Hopefully, we're going to string together a few more 
you know, great practices, but uh, some of that needs to be uh, dealt with up front. Um, Sheldon Richardson, obviously, be a pain in the ass. Uh, he's been just crushing it. Miles Garrett's about to be back. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, not going to be easy just to go in and make plays uh, from from his position. But I think he's going to be more than I, I think he looks good. I think the ball is coming out well. I think it's coming out on time and, and he looks good moving around and doing those type of things. So I'm I'm not worried about it. No. And with what this offense is going to do in creating this easier throws and you see the play actions off of, you know, the wide zone. And, you know, and where Baker does look comfortable, like you mentioned, you know, obviously, you know, had the you know, rip roaring period on Tuesday in seven on sevens with Odell Beckham. You know, the relationship is there, knows him. Obviously got to spend some time with Austin Hooper, you know, during you know, the, the lockdown and due to the fact they couldn't have OTAs. Looks good with Austin Hooper. It's just a matter of getting, you know, familiar with some new talent in the room, uh, you know, him and Rashard Higgins hasn't really clicked yet, which, you know, makes for a weird, weird dynamic because it's one of the reasons Rashard wanted to stay. It was one of the reasons the Browns wanted to bring him back. So we'll see if, you know, that one starts to come around, get better. Uh, there's four of them. All right. The Clay Matthews thing. Guys, it's a great story. His father was a Brown. His father was a fantastic player. His father is in the ring of honor. Clay Matthews is 34 years old. He played inside linebacker for a tiny bit in Green Bay. Was okay at it. It was never his calling card in this league. If you wanted to pursue him like you were going to pursue Vinnie Curry, and keep in mind, they they weren't, yes, they offered more money than what Philly signed him for, but he didn't sign for much with Philly. You want to bring him in as your fourth pass rusher, but but why when you bring in strong defensive line coaches where you want them to elevate younger players, help develop younger players? Look, it's a fantastic story. I get it. We all know who his dad is. Um, but this is something that could have been pursued for months now. And yes, losing Mac, it created a vacancy in the linebacker room. If you want to say, because Clay Matthews may be a little bit undersized as a traditional four, three defensive end and just call him a linebacker, but you're not going to bring him in here at 34 years old, have him chasing running backs and tight ends around. If he's going to come here, it would be one year, 1 million. Maybe you're going to pay him bonuses by the sacks he would get, but it just doesn't make any point whatsoever at this time, Pete. Well, so with this type of situation, beyond the fact that we know his name, so he must be good. Um, he's 34 years old. If you bring him in to be a pass rusher, fine, I guess. But I don't know what he really adds that you can't get from a guy like Porter Gustin. You know, he's not hes not prime Clay Matthews. And he's not even close. And if you want him to be an off-ball linebacker, I just – I don't know what the thought process is there. It just – he hasn't done it in five years, and just the fact he's been around doesn't mean he's a leader. Um, maybe he is. I don't, but I don't have anything to go off for that. Um, the Browns aren't looking to invest significantly in the linebacker position. I don't know what he would cost at this point, but he has no connection to this team, like none. Mm. His dad played here, and he grew up in 
he grew up in California. Um, he went to, you know, he went to USC. He, he played in Green Bay. He played with the, with the Rams. He has nothing to do with this. So I don't understand what's like, why, what's in it for him? Like, what legacy does he need to leave with the Cleveland Browns? There's just, there's better options out there. I mean, you, you look, if you want another older pass rusher, why, why, why Clay Matthews? Why not Brooks Reed? They're basically the same player at this point. So to me, I'd rather go with uh, Porter Gustin. If I'm looking at linebackers, I'd be looking at guys like Blair Brown and, and younger guys who are going to come in and fly around because that's what you want. You're not looking for guys who are going to be, you know, process and and potentially be slow you want to play fast i i don't know what bringing him is to, and if you let's say you do bring him in and you want him to be a mentor at linebackers i mean you're handing him a starting job or are you saying here's some money you're essentially a glorified coach i don't know what the benefit of either of those things are at this point so i don't it has no interest to me uh i i've just there are other players out there if you want other players just because you don't know their names off the top of the head doesn't mean they aren't out there so i, I think that's a, a a minor deal and again with with mac wilson the idea that well the browns clearly lost a, a you know a big time starter he hadn't proven anything so it's not like you you don't know that you necessarily lost some big time player because he hadn't proven it yet. maybe he was going to be better but you know this is the biggest question mark on the team uh, so I, I continue to love what I see from Jacob Phillips. Uh, I thought Sionu Takitaki was a little bit better yesterday, which is good. There's some other guys flying around, but I, I, I'm just not remotely interested. Well, and, you know, and like you said, what is in it for him? Look, yeah, would everybody, be, you know, love to see Clay Matthews? Nobody's going to be at the game anyway. So it's not like anybody's going to be in the stadium to get this roar of the crowd and everybody's going to be excited because they're seeing – you know, the second generation of Clay Matthews played for the Browns. Nobody's going to be there. So that doesn't do it. And also what's in it for Clay Matthews at 34? Hey, could you play some off-ball linebacker for us? So you were now going to get beat and hit harder than you ever have in your entire career because for 99% of your career, you were a pass rusher and just, you know, hopefully whipping around tackles. Now, here you go. Do us a favor at 34 in your golden years as far as the NFL is concerned. Could you stop this 325-pound pulling guard force, you know, and hopefully don't get killed? But you know, is this how you want to end, you know, the, the the twilight of your career? If somebody needs a pass rusher, and you know, if you want to say a team like the New York Jets, go ahead, throw them a little money, and you know, bring them in and and let them chase around the quarterback 15, 20 times a game, which is probably all you're going to get out of them at this point. Anyway, uh, we'll put a bow on this here. We got two offense, defense, uh, day five of Browns training camp. Uh, your listener questions. Um, we have uh, practice today, obviously 2.30. Um, there will be tomorrow is their day off. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we'll get, you know, I'll go later tonight. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to connect with Pete for Friday, but we'll get somebody in here and we'll talk some more. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Browns Digest on SI.com from Pete and his team over there. Again, at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at locked on browns always follow back account dms are open me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd dms are open any questions ideas you got for the show you guys know always just go ahead and toss them my way this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns